do we need to be victims of enforced celebration? Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and I could go so many directions uh, this week. Uh, the Minnesota legislature is entertaining uh, one of the most permissive, egregious uh, abortion bills uh, that would make Minnesota one of the most radical uh, states uh, or really regions in the world in regards to abortion. And so we need to keep our eyes on that. We need to contact our senators, be proactive uh, in, uh, in resisting uh, sort of the, the gray area of a bill that you don't really know what it says or means. But when you really drill down and dig into it, um, it is devastating. And uh, so we need to keep an eye on that. And so I will be talking about that more uh, as we go forward. I was it was brought to my attention uh, uh, just reading I think it was Fox News or something about a story that came out of Philadelphia uh, a seven year veteran of the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team uh, they were doing a uh, gay pride um, pregame warm-up where they were supposed to wear sort of a pray, a gay pride themed Jersey uh, and then wrap their sticks in a rainbow pride tape. And uh, Ivan Provorov, uh, a player of the Philadelphia Phillies uh, refused to wear that. Uh, and of course, everybody went crazy over this and especially the left who, uh, uh, pretty much eviscerated him in that decision. He came out and said, I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. Pro Provorov told reporters after the game, my choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. And I believe that's all he did say. Uh, and he took a stance and felt like this didn't line up uh, and was uncomfortable uh, participating. His coach had his back, John uh, Tortorella explained the situation after the game. He said, quote, I think the organization has sent out a release regarding the beliefs that we have. He said, um, it was really a great night with, with Provi. He is being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his beliefs and his religion. That is one thing I respect about Provi. He is always true to himself. And that's where we are with that. Um, and the coach also thought it would be quote unquote unfair to bench him for his beliefs, because that's what people, of course, were calling for. So this Provorov has been blasted by the left. Uh, others have rallied to his side. And apparently I saw uh, later that his jersey uh, sold out, apparently, uh, for those who have been trying to support him and him taking a stance. Uh, his polarizing decision is reminiscent of the Tampa Bay Rays pitchers, who were also labeled as quote-unquote bigots, for declining to wear gay pride patches during during an LGBTQ celebration in June. 
Povarov and the Rays players were both maligned, much like athletes who didn't kneel during the national anthem were criticized by the left amid a wave of racial tension in the United States. You go on social media, and I think the responses are very interesting. This Gianna Hahn um, wrote, uh, Povarov obviously does not respect, quote, everyone. If he did respect everyone, he would have taken part in warm-up and wore the Pride Night jersey and didn't wouldn't hide behind religion. <laughs> Gord Miller wrote, Number one, Ivan Provorov had the right to refuse to participate in the Pride Night activities in Philadelphia. But number two, the Flyers should have responded by not allowing him to play in the game. And number three, freedom of expression doesn't give you freedom from the consequences of your words or actions. Consequences, what is he referring to? Rachel Melanta tweeted, being LGBT plus is not a choice. Being ignorant, obnoxious, and homophobic is a choice. Ivan Provorov wasn't wearing uniform tonight. Uh, and the Flyers should not have let him play. Stop letting bigots hide behind their cherry-picked religion. Do better. Many sports media personalities have verified Provorov's, uh, have vilified Provorov for his stance. Canadian sports pundit Sid Seishiro called on the NHL to fine the, fly the Flyers $1 million. NHL Network senior reporter E.J. Uh, Hradik suggested the Russian-born flyer player should go back to his homeland and join the fight against Ukraine if participating in pride events is that problematic for him. It's, it's brutal. It was interesting, a Fox News contributor, Guy Benson, who happens to be gay, said he's seen the desire for inclusion grow into something much more dangerous. He reported, there's been a journey from pursuing tolerance, which is healthy, we can argue some of those things, to acceptance, to enforced celebration, to punishment and ostracizing of dissenters. And I think at a certain point, it becomes unhealthy and unwelcome. And so the point of this podcast, of course, is to allow us to be able to speak about these things openly in a public forum that simply makes sense because we always have to remember, and I've said this so many times, that we have a moral high ground. We have the better way. When we are following the precepts of the Lord, he says that his ways are higher than our ways. And so we can always take that to the bank. And so we realize that this Provorov uh, had the right to not wear this, uh, except the responses of people, I think, are very telling. And we need to be able to respond to the responses, not to get into a little chicken fight about the thing. That's not the point. But we need to be able to express ourselves. And so I respect that he said, I'm just not going to talk about this. This is my right. This is my religion. And, and that's fine for him to do that. But at some point, we have to say, well, why are you doing this? Are you a bigot? Are you a homophobic person? Is that why you're doing it? See, we need to be able to defend ourselves from a standpoint of, of a moralistic uh, argument. And so I think it's, it's very, very important. So I want to drill down further on this uh, than just saying what um, Guy Benson said, that this maybe isn't super helpful. 
that's not only not helpful, but it's not really understanding the point. So let's start with the fact that there are stances in this world, there are worldviews um, that are based on feelings, based on feelings. Now, I would argue that a someone who is having sexual identity problems, someone who is homosexual, um, uh, uh, gay, bisexual, non-binary, I think there's up to 150 now of uh, different choices that people would, would make, um, that it is actually, I agree with the one tweeter that I believe it's actually not a choice. I believe that they are real, but they are feelings. They are real feelings. And I don't think you can turn to somebody and say, well, you just shouldn't feel that way. I think the feelings are real. And so in that respect, I believe that the LGBT plus community, it's not a choice, but I also believe that they're not born with it. Scientific studies have shown that there is no gay gene. And believe me, people have been looking for it and looking for it and looking for it. And there is no gay gene gene. There's no genetic makeup that would predispose you to homosexual feelings because it's about feelings. It's about sexual attraction. And so I believe, agreeing with Dr. Dobson, I believe that it's actually acquired, most likely acquired from pain, bitterness, broken relationships, disappointments, or even outright abuse. I've had previous podcasts on there that give statistics that are overwhelming and could easily account for the percentage of people with sexual identity issues just from abuse alone. And when you are abused or you are disappointed or you have broken relationships or you are bitter or you have pain, guess what? It actually affects your feelings, which is your soul, part of your soul. Sexual feelings are not an identity. And that's the key. It's a feeling. It's a real feeling. But many believe, including myself, and many who have a, I don't really love the word religious, but a, a religious background, such as Provorov, believe that it's not a healthy feeling. And for that reason, it shouldn't be celebrated. Does it mean that we throw all the homosexuals in jail? Does it mean that we ostracize them? Does it mean that we don't love them? Of course it doesn't mean that. But it also doesn't mean that we celebrate the feeling, especially if the feeling is dysfunctional. I hope you're following me here. So I think I can help this discussion and maybe help further discussions that you might have with somebody if we give some analogies. So let me consi let's consider another feeling. How about the feeling of anger? Now, anger is a feeling. It comes from our soul. And if you live in that state, you may actually identify as an angry person. It's who I am. If feelings define identity, then someone who is consistently angry or responds in an angry way then could be considered an angry person. Now, they feel like it's not a choice. 
you can say, well, just choose to not be angry. And there's sometimes that's true, but most of the time you can't just choose to not feel that way. The anger as an emotion and as a feeling is real. Now, they're also not born that way. There's no anger gene, right? It's most likely acquired. Acquired from what? Pain, bitterness, broken relationships, disappointments, or even outright abuse. And statistics would show that is true as well. It affects your feelings. Now, my religion would say, or just anybody with a normal human conscience would say, that being an angry person is not healthy. Now, does, does that mean we need to condemn the angry person, that we don't love them, that we push them aside? No. But, but please listen to me. This is the punchline. We don't need to celebrate it. In fact, it might be the most compassionate thing to do in that situation is to help them. Now, not embracing their anger doesn't make me anger-phobic. <laughs> In fact, the one who embraces and celebrates it are the ones who actually don't care about their unhealthy lifestyle and the fact that they're always angry. Or, even worse, they call it normal. It's just normal to feel that way. So just embrace it. Put a little patch on your sleeve. And just embrace the fact that you are an angry person. I believe they are actually closer to being anger-phobic because they just don't want to deal with it. They're the ones that actually keep them at arm's length. Let me give you another example that maybe fits even a little closer to the actual issue of the LGTB plus community. So let's say somebody identifies as a promiscuous heterosexual. <laughs> Let's call them PHS, the PHS community, the promiscuous heterosexuals. Now, let's be very clear. This is a feeling. A sexual identity means that they have a feeling and an attraction to the opposite sex. And promiscuous means that they just want to have sex with as many people as they want to or can. And guess what? When they do, they actually have improved feelings. They're feeling, they would argue that their feelings feel better to have sex with as many people as possible. Higher prostitutes. It doesn't matter because they feel better and they feel more loved. And that is their right. But my religion, my conscience doesn't believe that that is healthy. <laughs> Now, some might disagree with me. There probably are some out there that probably subscribe to the PHS community. <laughs> and they might say, it's perfectly fine. Don't tell me how to behave or how to feel. And that's okay. But listen, it doesn't mean that I should celebrate it. It doesn't mean that I should celebrate it. I have a reason to believe why being a PHS is unhealthy. And so because of that, I am uncomfortable celebrating it. Now, remember, people with PHS, it's not a choice. 
can't just choose not to feel that way. They weren't born that way. It's most likely was acquired. Most likely from pain, bitterness, broken relationships, disappointments, or even outright abuse. Studies would show that's true. People who have suffered from those things are more likely to live a promiscuous lifestyle. And it affects your feelings. It affects your soul. So I believe and I have been taught that having a promiscuous heterosexual lifestyle is not healthy. Does that mean that I condemn the person, that I, that I push them away, that I don't love them? No, it just means that I don't celebrate them because I don't think it's the best for them. I don't think it's God's best for them. And in fact, it might be the most compassionate thing for me to do is to actually help them. Not embracing their lifestyle doesn't make me PHS phobic. <laughs> Didn't know exactly how I was going to land that one. In fact, the ones who just turn the other way and say, I don't want to deal with those people, they can destroy their life if they want to. They are the ones that are more PHS phobic. So I believe those analogies give us a little bit of a launching point, an idea of understanding the difference between true identity and feelings. See, people might have feelings that they love gambling, they love alcohol, they love or are attracted to small children. My friends, do we celebrate that? Do we have alcoholic night at the hockey arena? I don't think so, at least not yet. <laughs> See, that doesn't make us a horrible person as all of these people are laying out. It doesn't mean that we should lose our job or be sent back to Russia. <laughs> it means that there is something that we've been taught, something that we believe that says that this is not a healthy lifestyle. So as we approach the LGTB plus community, our religion says that this is an unhealthy lifestyle. And it's not God's best. Now, I know that probably offends some people. Or they say, well, what kind of God would do that? But my response is, it's not your identity. Your identity actually comes from him. You are responding and acting out with feelings. And you want people to embrace it and to celebrate it. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, starting there. It's about says it all. It says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. But by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 
Do you see, my friends? Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so it's actually from a place of compassion where we take a stand and say, I'm not going to celebrate this dysfunctional, unhealthy lifestyle. Remember, again, Benson told Fox News Digital, there's been a journey from pursuing tolerance to acceptance to enforced celebration to punishment and ostracizing of dissenters. And I think at a certain point, it becomes unhealthy and unwelcome. See, my friend, we can't be swept away in forced celebration, in enforced celebration. But we need to take a stand like Properoff did. It's not defiance. It's not homophobia. It's not anger. It's not arrogance. It's actually compassion to not celebrate dysfunction. So we can take that stand. We can take a moralistic stand and we don't have to succumb. We don't have to be eroded away by the current and the stream and the river of current culture. This woke culture that wants to to slowly and methodically um, uh, remove our ability to withstand or to resist. So it's okay to stand up and say, no, this is not what I stand for. This is not, I don't, I don't see it as healthy. And because of that, and from a place of compassion, I'm not going to embrace it, the feeling, the movement. But the person, the person that embodies it, they're ours. We are to love them and to embrace them and to take care of them. And if they, and if they are motivated or, or swayed by hurt, pain, bitterness, broken relationships, disappointments, outright abuse, then what they need is somebody to stand there on their behalf and to broker forgiveness and healing and wholeness, and restoration. And then we'll see what happens with the feelings. But feelings don't rule the day. I'm going to say that again. Feelings don't rule the day. It's the Spirit of the Lord who is on his throne and who has set up clear boundaries for us because he loves us and he cares for us. And he wants what's best for us. And he wants us to be healthy. Very curious about what your response is to this and even some of my analogies and the things that we talked about today. Please go to pushbackculture.org and leave a comment, a question, or concern. Or other um, uh, moralistic cultural issues that may come up or something that you have read. There's plenty to talk about. I'm going to be talking more about this abortion issue. It's always on the top of my mind in the forefront of our culture. So until then, let's go together now to set and shape the culture.